This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This is Peter and Tricia welcoming you to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. And every Sunday for a presentation of historic Bible-based Christianity, highlighting preaching of the Word, classic songs, hymns and spiritual songs. We use only the King James Bible, the authorised version. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Today's worship theme, Christ calls us to demonstrate love one to another. The 11th commandment. It's the last night before Jesus goes to Calvary. One of his disciples, Judas, has just left to put the wheels of betrayal in motion and Jesus remains with the other 11. It'll be his last night with them. What does he want to say to them during these last few precious moments? First, he tells them that he has glorified God and is about to be glorified by God. Then he tells them he must go on a journey and that they will not be able to go with him. He must make this journey alone. But before he leaves them, he must give them something that will serve to guide them on their own subsequent journeys, a new commandment. We read from John chapter 13, beginning at verse 31. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, Yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, Whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say unto you, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one to another. The significance of the new commandment. That's right, Jesus on the last night of his life gave the disciples a new commandment to be honoured and kept. The giving of this commandment was made even more important by the fact that it is one of the last teachings Jesus gave them. And what is that new commandment? Three simple words, love one another. The significance of the new commandment. What's the significance of Jesus giving a new commandment? The significance is found in Jewish history. For it was at the very beginning of the Jewish nation that God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. These Ten Commandments were to serve as the foundation for all the other laws and regulations given to Israel. And Moses was given one of the highest places in Jewish history because he became known as the lawgiver. When Jesus then proceeds to give a new commandment, he is placing himself above Moses as the new lawgiver. In effect, his new commandment becomes the 11th commandment. In a comparison of the events surrounding the giving of the Ten Commandments, 
and the Eleventh Commandment, a few interesting things should be noticed. First, the Ten Commandments were given by God to Moses. The Eleventh Commandment was given by Jesus to the disciples, the movement's soon-to-be leaders. Second, God's promise to the nation of Israel was that if they faithfully kept these commandments, God would treasure them as his nation and they would become a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Jesus' promise to the disciples was that if they kept this commandment, all people would know they were his disciples. Thirdly, the Israelites' response was to become impatient and frustrated and to make another god. The disciples' response was to get sidetracked and miss the point. Peter's focused not on the giving of the new commandment, but on the earlier statement about Jesus going on a journey that they could not follow. The church has become sidetracked through the ages. This same response, that of getting sidetracked, has become a recurring pattern for the Christian church throughout the ages. How many times have Christians fought Christians down through history, killed Christians, burned, starved, hunted, tortured and mutilated Christians? What do people in the community think of our church as a family of God? Do they see us as a congregation and as individuals living out the 11th commandment? The Jews lived and died by the Ten Commandments. Why don't Christians live and die by the Eleventh Commandment? Is it any less binding? Is it any less important? Remember, it was given by God through Christ, and it was to be the sign to the world that Christians were God's people and that the his people of his kingdom. We can live the Eleventh Commandment. Love one another. These are the simple and brief words of Jesus that make up the 11th commandment. And just as simple and brief are Jesus' instructions on how to carry it out in our lives. Jesus said, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, and that also ye love one another. In other words, Jesus said to the disciples, Just do as I did to you. But note that the focus is on the disciples loving disciples, on Christians loving Christians, not Christians loving the world in general. This is not a general call to love everyone, but a more basic step. After all, a church cannot effectively reach out with the gospel for very long if its members don't love one another first. How did Jesus love the disciples? Jesus loved the disciples in at least three ways. Sacrifice. Jesus loved the disciples by making sacrifices for them. He sacrificed his time, his energy, his emotions, his schedule, his family, his privacy, even his life. If we are to live out the 11th commandment and love one another, then we will also have to make sacrifices for one another. In order to love one another, we will have to sacrifice our time, energy, emotions, schedules, family, privacy, maybe even our lives for one another. These sacrifices may need to be made in order to visit the sick or hurting, help others with a problem, or responding when called on in an emergency. Remember, this call to love one another and therefore call to sacrifice for one another is for all disciples, not just the ministers. Share. Jesus loved the disciples by sharing himself with them. He listened to their fears. He cried in their pain. 
He laughed in their joy. He prayed with them and for them. He gently showed them their sin and helped in unto the right path. Jesus shared who he was with them. He opened himself up to them. If we're to live out the 11th commandment and love one another, then we will also have to share ourselves with one another. In order to love one another, we will have to share other pain and laughter, gentle poi, point out faults, and then forgive, seek forgiveness when wrong, and open up ourselves to others. In other words, we need to be genuine and real with others, not phony. This sharing may be required when comforting the bereaved, celebrating another's achievements, confessing a specific sin, and asking for forgiveness, or privately going to another to express concern about the way they are living. Serve. Jesus loved the disciples by serving them. He called them to follow him, become their master and teacher, and then proceed to serve them. Earlier in chapter 13, the Son of God was washing the disciples' feet. If we live out the 11th commandment and love one another, then we will also have to serve one another. That means no matter who you are in the church, you are never too good or too mighty, too important or too wealthy, or too educated, too old or too young to serve anyone else in the church. If the Son of God can serve men and women of all kinds, then so can you. How do we love one another as Jesus loved? We sacrifice for one another, share ourselves with one another, and serve one another. Are the situations different in our times? Maybe in the detail and the names, but not in general. Are there disciples who need to be sacrificed for? Are there disciples who need someone to share their burden? Are there disciples who need to be served? If yes, there are opportunities for you and me to love one another. Trust yourselves and your instincts to do the right thing. God has been with you, teaching, guiding, loving, encouraging. Now go and love one another. Our first music today, Amazing Grace, is a hymn with words written by the English poet and clergyman John Newton. He grew up without a particular religious conviction, but his life's path was formed by a variety of twisted coincidences that were often put into motion by his insubordination. He was conscripted into the service of the Royal Navy, and after leaving the service, he became involved with the Atlantic slave trade. In 1748, a violent storm battered his vessel off the coast of County Donegal Island so severely that he called out to God for mercy, a moment that marked his spiritual conversion. He continued his slave trading career till 1755, when he ended seafaring altogether and began studying Christian theology. Ordained in the Church of England in 1764, Newton became curate of Olney, Buckinghamshire, England. Amazing Grace was written to illustrate a sermon on New Year's Day of 1773.
You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We continue with He Hideth My Soul. Fanny Crosby could not see with her natural eyes, but she could see in her heart. Blind from six feet of age because of a surgical mishap, her life was different than most. Regarding her plight in life, she wrote the following words. It seemed intended by the blessed providence of God that I should be blind all my life, and I thank him for the dispensation. If perfect earthly sight were offered me tomorrow, I would not accept it. I might not have sung hymns to the praise of God if I'd been distracted by the beautiful and interesting things about me. He hideth my soul.
Responding to God's Call God spoke to Paul through a dream directing him to preaching the gospel in Macedonia, and he followed through without the assurance of having every need provided. Even on the journey, God was working to bring the gospel to people who would not have the chance to hear it without Paul's obedience. How often could we become someone's hope if we would only follow through obediently and take God's message without insisting on having all the details assured to us? We read from Acts 60, chapter 16, beginning at verse 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavoured to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, losing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia, and the next day to Neapolis. And from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony, and we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside, where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, and she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized, and her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come unto my house and abide there. And she constrained us. A call for action. Paul's dream of the Macedonia call is one that depicts the emotion of the Christian mission. In seeing a man begging for help, our hearts are touched with compassion along with Paul's. However, we must recognise that Paul is seeing the spiritual reality of the need in Macedonia. In the physical realm, Paul and his companions would not see needy people begging for what they had to offer. Instead, they would confront the powers of darkness and be persecuted by those they were sent to help. Spiritual realities are greater, but most times harder to grasp. People need God and need for us to respond that in People need God and need for us to respond to that need on behalf of the kingdom. However, they may not know for what their spirits are crying. They may not give a fair hearing to believers who offer the cure for what ails them. Our call to share the gospel is not relative to human response or outward circumstances. God calls us to see the weakened and needy souls of humanity crying out for the gospel which we are called to share. Unfolding the nets. Paul's obedience to the call of sharing the gospel with those whom the Lord had directed him resulted in meeting Lydia. She is described as a worshipper of God, yet there seems to be something missing in her spirituality. God opens her heart to Paul's message. The purpose of Paul's vision begins to materialise. If the call was for Lydia alone, she was worth the cost of Paul's obedience to it. God purposed to open her heart. She may not have been the most impressive convert from our standpoint, but to a loving father, she was more than worth disturbing the plan of his apostle. After her baptism and those of her household, she offered provision for the band of evangelists. 
The seeds of obedience were the part of Paul sprang forth unto obedience in her life and in return provided for the work of God. God provided when his servants responded positively to his call without the promise of provisions. It was a matter of faith. For us today, too, God will lead us and direct us in ways that will require faith, but through obedience he will provide for the journey and the needs that are incurred. Who knows how many men and women the Lord has ahead of us in our journey? They're awaiting our act of obedience. They may even be worshippers of God, but waiting for someone just like us to explain the gospel and lead them to a full faith in Christ. Perhaps we were at one time that person waiting for someone to come and share with us. Listening hearts and obedient actions are essential tools to accomplish God's program of evangelism. Thank you for joining us today for great news and God's views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. 89.0 is live streamed from freefm.org.nz or tune in and now on Amazon Echo devices using the Free FM 89 Alexa skill. Our closing music today, Rejoice Believer in the Lord, one of the 200 hymns written by John Newton. For more episodes of this Community Access Radio show, please visit freefm.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast possible by funding the Access Internet Radio Project.